Hey, thanks for joining us and listening to our podcast, The Shelleys. We're your hosts, Kayla and Seth Shelley. This podcast mainly documents our life, living up north, raising our kids, caring for our animals, and really everything in between. So we really hope that you enjoy today's episode, and welcome to our life. Hey everybody, sorry we've been gone for a little while, we were just uh, signing a big deal. Some of our sponsors had to talk to our sponsors and just kind of get all that figured out, so. It was me. <laughs> we sponsor this program. <laughs> we had to really spend some time with the our backers, our financial backers. Also me. <laughs> <laughs> Which is us. <laughs> no, it's just been, uh, it's been busy and I know, you know, we've had to, we took a little bit of a break, a little hiatus there. A uh, few things are happening. Um, we kind of mentioned the last one around the campfire. We're going to make a little bit of a shift here. And we're going to be kind of pivoting a little bit. We're still the Shelleys, obviously. We're not changing our last name or anything. But we're going to kind of change maybe the focus and direction a little bit. It probably won't really have that much of an impact because we kind of just, you know, talk about whatever anyways. But we're going to be changing the focus a little bit. Plus, life's just been busy. Like... This is a busy time of year. The snow is gone. And so we started recording this podcast when we started, I think, January, right? And so we've been doing January, March, January, February, March, <laughs> April. Next podcast is going to be a lesson on lesson months, on of, the months year. of the year. So, yeah, we've been doing it for a while. But once the snow is gone, like, why don't you list off some of the things that we have to get done once the snow is gone to kind of set up for summer? Um, I guess we don't have to, but the things we have been doing. We've been moving electric fencing for the horses to be able to graze and rotate them on different parts of the yard. Uh, we've been weeding the garden and building garden boxes because I have 150 plants in here that need to go to the garden. Um, cutting down dead trees, pulling down dead trees and bucking them up to dry them out over summer for firewood. Cleaning up the yard. Yeah, lots of stuff building a chicken coop when you say it in a list like that it does not it doesn't seem like a lot but like just this weekend so like friday saturday and sunday i've probably spent how many hours each day on average i don't know like at least seven hours each day doing wood maybe more following the trees we we borrowed uh some rope and a pulley because most of the trees we're cutting are down in a ravine on our property so we've been pulling them out it's a lot of work and we're trying to, you know, so it just gets busier. Like in the wintertime, it's one thing I do love about winter. We have the opportunity to kind of cozy up inside and work on some of these projects. And we haven't been neglecting it. We just, uh, we've also been kind of talking though. Like we're making a little bit of a shift, I think, personally. And so we want this podcast to maybe reflect that. It can't be about nothing forever, right? Yeah. And we knew that. Mm-hmm. We just wanted to get used to recording stuff. So there's kind of two big changes that are coming that you can be ready for. If you're a faithful listener, hi, Debbie and Ruth, uh, our faithful listeners. And John Tobias. And John Tobias. He wants a shout out. Yeah. Um, we're only going to be posting them once a week. <clears throat> uh, maybe in the winter, we'll go back to two times a week. But for the spring and summer, we're going to once a week. So we haven't decided whether that's going to be Mondays or Fridays. I feel like Mondays are better because yeah. we just have more things to talk about then. And we're going to be doing some interviews we're going to be really diligently uh, seeking out people who are like us, homesteaders, ranchers, farmers. I mean, we're not homesteaders, ranchers, or farmers. 
but people that we aspire to be like, and we're going to be interviewing them, kind of talking to them, or gardeners, beekeepers, you know, um, I think that'd be a lot of fun. I think that would be informative for a lot of people. Yeah. Listen, one of the comments we get a lot from people who do listen is they think it's interesting to have kind of an insight into just a different way of life. Mm-hmm. Not everybody uh, lives the way we live. And I think we can bring a certain, uh, how do they say, je ne sais quoi. I don't even know what that means. You should maybe look that up before you say it. <laughs> what if it means something bad? Well, I don't know if it means that. So, <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, we're going to be, you know, you said something to me the other day that really excited me. Uh, <laughs> kind of, it kind of excited me. What did you say the other day? Our five-year goal. What's our five-year goal? To do more homesteading. More what? of a work toward being homesteaders. Yeah, you said in five years you want to be but homesteading. <coughs> it's funny. I mentioned that to my mom on the phone and she was like, what does that mean? And I think she was a little worried that I wanted to go like off grid, like no, I don't know, contact. Do. Seth would love to do that. And he's always wanted to do that. But that's, I need some kind of um oh i would still have aggressive amenities internet and stuff yeah like internet phone those are a couple things that i still would really appreciate no it's the idea of like off-grid to me doesn't mean like disconnected like just but like also some people like for off-gridding it's like no running water um i think a different version of running water that's what I think. See, this is where like the lines get a little blurred between what I expect and what you would expect. Yeah, we got to talk about how we got five years to figure it out. Yeah. Well, maybe two years. However, in my mind right now, what I would love to see in the next five years is us to be more self-sustaining. Um, expanding our gardens would be one of those things. Um, being able to grow enough food that we can can it preserve it whatever for over the winter time store it whatever um use less electricity um i don't know there's lots of things yeah i mean i would hunt our own food like meat wise we're um, we're definitely headed that way for sure like we're getting sheep soon yeah we're getting sheep and seth and a couple buddies are hoping to slaughter a sheep and then we'll keep a couple that maybe we could breed or whatever for meat purposes or whatever selling them um like i said i've got 150 plants in here ready to go in the garden and that's not including the things that'll just be seeded right into the dirt um yeah this is the stuff that just needed a head start we'll be doing meat birds again this year and we're i mean we still have one or two meat birds from last summer that we did in the freezer Mm-hmm. So, and then you hunt. So get got meat big, that way. got big hunting plans Have our own this year. Eggs. Big plans for hunting. That's exciting. Yeah. Peyton's got her hunting license, so we can put in on. In British Columbia, you can get on these limited entry hunts. So it's like a it's like a lottery basically, to hunt animals. It's a resource management tactic. So I'm pretty excited because Peyton and I can go in together, and uh, we'll go in for a moose and stuff like that. I'm probably putting in for a caribou for a northern caribou hunt, hmm. which should be a lot of fun. If I get the draw. But yeah, I know the idea of like self-sustaining. When, when I think off-grid though, I don't think no connection. I'd still like to have electricity. I don't know. I'd I'm like pretty sure there water. used to even be a show called Off-Grid or something to that effect. And 
Almost all of the couples that they showed on there lived out in the sticks with no neighbors and no cell service and no internet and no communication. Yeah, they had to though. drive into town like an hour to have any sort of communication. That's gotta, not what I want. But you got to remember the difference in technology now has really changed that. Like it's internet is a lot like with like look what we have. We have basically like cell phone internet and there's satellite like there's lots of options so yeah and even when we were first dating i said i always wanted to have a log cabin with a wraparound porch with one room that had a tv and a computer and other than that natural light or candles and i still think that would be great and i'd love to cultivate our own food and grow our own food and mm-hmm. like the idea this year last year we cut firewood we cut all of our firewood last year with some help from friends and neighbors this year we're getting all of the wood off the property we live on. Now, it's not the best wood. Like, it's not fir or pine. It's spruce and poplar. But the idea that, like, we're getting it off the spot we live. There's something cool about that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a... I'm excited that that's something that appeals to you. Well, and it's... I just had, like, this turning point. I came across this Instagram page of this woman and her mother-in-law who are doing like homesteading and it's probably a little bit more luxurious kind of homesteading than what I would want. But they, it's funny because going through all their videos and stuff, it's amazing to see like their um, cellars full of canned goods and preserves that they grew in their own gardens. And they've got their whole line of like, overalls like jean overalls and they've got tons of different animals and their property is beautiful and it's like it's a daughter and mother-in-law and it's super cool but one of the videos that i came across was like don't look at this and think i need to quit my job this is what i need to do right now they basically said like we were still working both full-time jobs when we decided this is what we wanted to do and they've just taken little steps and then i was like we're kind of doing that. Yeah, it's like our practice run here. Yeah, we rent like, this place, but it's a good practice we, run. We rent, but we've built, with the help of people, we built a paddock for our horses. <clears throat> we've built garden beds. We built a chicken coop. We have chickens. We have um, horses. We're getting sheep. Like, we are doing meat birds, and that's like... Oh, and we've got the great opportunity, like our landlords have kind of shown us the ropes on... Yeah. how to butcher and slaughter and wrap and all that stuff. And I mean, that's the cool part about the idea of like homesteading. Some people say, oh, off grid. Doing this has actually made us probably spend more time with people than not doing it. Yeah, I like, agree. Because you have to find... Or like to, more meaningful time maybe. Yeah, well, yeah, definitely more meaningful and definitely more quantity of time. Yeah. Like when we cut wood with our, our landlords last year, and when we cut wood with some of the other people that are we're friends with, it's a whole day. Like, mm-hmm. it's a fun day. Like, we have a fire. We bring coffee. You roast hot dogs. You laugh. You take a break. Like, you just can't get these experiences from going to a movie or going bowling. And I think that's part of the allure. If I had to guess, I think that's been part of it for you is that on the onset, it's like, well, it's kind of a weird thing to think about killing animals that you've raised. But then... The process of it is just it's so much involved in community. Mm-hmm. I think if we w- if we ever did go, you know, quote unquote, off grid or we ever went homesteading or when we do, I just changed my the way I talk about it. When we do, I think it's the idea that you you're, <coughs> you're really embracing a lifestyle and a community of people. And like 
some of them are weird. That's just the way it is. You know, some people are weird, but they know something that you don't know. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're eager and keen to show you. And uh, I've never talked more about different types of wood than I have <laughs> this year. And like, I'm a guy that worked in forestry. Like I thought I, you know, I'm the guy that's got, I forget how many it is. I think I've got right behind me on the shelf, at least 50 different species of uh, tree twigs. So like samples of trees from Eastern, from Southeastern, is it Eastern? No, Southwestern Ontario, South Ontario. Southern Ontario. Sounds good enough. I, but I never really put the effort into like thinking about the different types of wood and how I want to stack my woodshed and talking to people about how you should stack and how you should, the ratios of your stacks and where you should put your shoulder season wood, like your spring and fall wood. Like, it's just neat. Like, and you spend an afternoon with people that you talk about this or like getting ready to have these sheep talking to our, the guys that we're going in on it with, like how are we going to do it? And I don't know. It's just such a cool well, community. Yeah. And when you look at like original homesteaders, like for example, your family back in the day, they homesteaded in Alberta. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's, basically how they were able to homestead is like leaning on each other as a community to build barns and houses and clear lot clear trees off the property and share resources and yeah, stuff it took like turns that helping each other yeah like your your family members didn't end up being successful because they had a lot of awful things happen but like what a legacy they left behind the fact that they couldn't clear as much land as they needed to because he was clearing land to build a church mm-hmm. and that i think it was three o'clock in the afternoon he convinced his neighbors that once it hit three o'clock we we work on the church yeah <clears throat> and that's what they did and they, they did it together so we couldn't find his house his house was gone house is gone church is still there yeah it's kind of neat there's a cemetery there but i mean like i don't know it's just that's where that's where the homesteading bug bit me i don't know how old probably around peyton's age my parents took us out west on this big road trip was super fun and i got to dress up like a cowboy and i had a lot of fun we went to my great-grandfather's homestead and honestly that's where the homesteading bug bit me like the idea of like something out of nothing yeah or not something out of nothing because nature isn't nothing but kind of but like yeah, and such a cool journey. And then later, I spent I had a couple of days at the provincial archives when we lived in Alberta, mm-hmm. finding all the permits, finding all the paperwork. He was pretty bad at it. Letters like he wasn't a great homesteader, but no. uh, but he also had bad luck, like yeah, fires yeah. and people stealing his oh, horses. Yeah. So and- yeah, imagine everything's done by hand, like no power tools at all. Right? He gets bees in his barn. <coughs> you have to have a barn. That's part of how you secure your homestead. You have to have, I think, a barn and a house and a cultivated land. Like, I think out of 40 acres, 10 had to be cleared, 5 had to be cultivated, 5 had to be pasture. You had to have a house, certain dimensions, and a barn. So he gets bees in his barn, right? Mm-hmm. He goes to smoke out the bees. What, is he, what do you think he does? Catches it on fire. He burns down his barn. <laughs> the one year we well, he saw his grazing permits, the one year it was like five cows, six sheep, 10 chickens, you know, two goats, whatever, right? Then the next year is grazing permits, like one cow, one sheep, two chickens. It's like, just so, it's just horrible. And like, you just feel bad. Even though we didn't know them, you didn't know them personally. Oh, you you just feel bad reading this stuff and how they're looking for land to graze their animals on. And 
Look, oh, they left. So they much. left Alberta and moved to Toronto. So you know it must have been bad if they're bad if they if they're to ready Toronto. to move to Toronto. Like it must have been bad. <laughs> I'm sure, Toronto was much different then <laughs> than it is now. But there's something there's just such a, a cool appeal about it, and that's kind of what we want. This we're still going to talk about all the stupid stuff we talk about. Yeah. All of our stupid adventures, but we're going to kind of do it with the focus of our our goal, our plan to be hopefully homesteading. I think at least for the next couple of years, unless they sell the place, yeah. we're going to be here probably. Yeah. As we save up money and look to where we're going to buy a homestead. It's interesting because there's still places where you can get a free homestead. Where are those places? I don't know. I saw one in Mondaire. Oh, Alberta. the Sausage Town. Although, I, it is, isn't it? I that's was the trying big, to that's think That's the big wiener I, town. Right. Okay, in Mondaire, Alberta, there's a they make <clears> sausage <throat> there. So they make this sausage ring. So picture like a Polish sausage statue. It's like 60 feet tall. And there's a heart underneath it. So from one angle, it looks like a big ring of sausage. From the other angle, it looks like it's very phallic. Yes. It, it looks is. like a big wiener. That's what it looks like. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> People travel all over. To just lay down to, on the road. Just to lay down on the road. Of it in the background. I can't say that I've ever done that. But I can say that I've, I've driven somebody there so they could do that. Hmm. <laughs> but I didn't do it. But uh, where where's some other places? So you got Mundare. Somewhere in Yukon. Oh, sweet. You have to, I think you have to live there for a year first before you can get land. Oh, the Yukon's like that with their hunting permits too. You have to be a resident for a year or two before you can even. And then I don't know draws. if this other website I found about. There should be some on the Peace River country. Is reliable or not? Peace River has homestead permits, I think. Would you ever like? Where would you move if you could homestead? Where's like a no go? You wouldn't go to Mundare? I don't know. I don't really... They got big sausages the, there. The appeal of going more north of here and having harsher winters and shorter growing seasons doesn't make me excited as excited to think about mm-hmm. homesteading. So north, kind of not appealing to But that's me. why there's homestead because nobody wants to go up there. Exactly. Because it's a lot harder. It is harder. You have less sunlight. You have, or like too much sunlight, or not enough sunlight. You have short growing seasons. You have very long winters. I think we could hack it. We could hack it, but like if I had a choice, it wouldn't be my first choice. No. And I don't want to go really south because usually southern places are way more busy. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I didn't like Alberta when we were there. I'm not going to lie. Hated living in Alberta. And maybe it was just because we had a bad experience there. But I don't know. If the land wasn't I'd so expensive do, here, I would stay here. I'd have to do a lot of research. Yeah, land everywhere right now is expensive. I was just talking to my dad. He's in northern Ontario, like Elliott Lake. He said even real estate there like they bought their house <clears throat> two years ago now for like 180 or something it's like that like 420 now oh no it's not that much but it's like two like in the 200 and something now and they've only been there for like two years mm. and they haven't done Number, much numbers are my thing <laughs> i don't know it's everywhere he bought it for 180 probably double it's probably like 600 now <laughs> oh i was telling him that our house that we bought for 205 five and a half years ago is was just on the market for 360. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh man, that's like a hundred and fifty thousand dollars 
more than what we paid. That's the only hitch in our uh, homesteading plan. The money up front. It's going to be hard if we stay here in BC. Yeah. There, there's cheap land out there, but I mean, that's the other thing. Like, do you want to just move somewhere because it's cheap land? No. Like, and I would stay here. Like, I love it here. I was thinking that the other day. Thank you, Quinell. There's lots of things that people don't like about this area. Uh, you know, it's not in the mountains. It's not warm. It's not the desert. It's not the, it's the sweet spot though. Like, we're close to all of it. I don't know. I, I like it in a lot of ways. I don't mind living here. No, I, I like it here. I think it's great. And I, I think there's lots of, uh, there's good hunting, there's good fishing, there's good land, there's good soil, there's good trees. It would just be finding a spot to live. There's not good roads. All of our roads are... Like every side of town is having issues with roads washing out. Yeah, every side. Every direction out of town. You want, you want to know why? It's because the land man. shifts. Vancouver. Vancouver. What does it have to do with Vancouver? Or Victoria, rather. Our government. They don't care about us up here. Oh, my goodness. You sound like a conspiracy theorist. You know what, man? It's, it's Vancouver. It's it's Vancouver Island, man. It's the government. They don't care about us. Up Why here. do you sound like such our, a our, crazy person? Our right MLA now. even said if these roads were washing out in the Lower Mainland, they would have been fixed already. Well, yeah, I. Agree. They don't care about us up here. What's her name again? Coralie Car- Oaks. Coralie Oaks, I think. Coralie, Coralie Oaks. Oaks, I think. Yeah. I would like you know the the home setting shift for me. It really hit me when we had to pay our power bill. Oh my gosh! It's like, man, we are. There's a, Dave Ramsey always says this. There's a reason that uh, it's not your name on a lot of those buildings in cities. The idea that like we, the little guy, pay all of our money to these corporations. I I I would love to not. So like, if it came down to it, like I couldn't have internet, it meant I got to save that much money that we pay on power. I would get rid of internet. I go to the library like we used to back in the day. Get a library card and go on the internet. I don't know. It's Sometimes power, it's but electricity nice is so much like... money. Like it's such a squeeze. They know oh, you need yeah. it. So if we could live a life where we didn't need it, and it's like ah. So when we go turn like, on the arc not reactor. Not long after we moved here, we were having some really high hydro bills, and we couldn't figure out what it was. And it turned out it was the water pump or the well pump or something. Well, the well line had busted, so the pump right. was going. So it full, was like full time pumping constantly, trying to keep, keep it pressure full. on the line. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you explain it better than me because I don't know what it is. But so we figured that out. Our landlord fixed that, got it all taken care of for us and stuff. And then it was good for a little while. For some reason, it's just spiking so high again. And I don't know what the heck. Seth, check the pump to make sure it wasn't that. It's not that. I have no idea. Yeah, but when you, okay, here's the thing. When you go online and you look at the bill, we haven't used that much power. Then what is it? It's all the delivery fees oh, and the yeah. storage fees, fees and the and, taxes yeah. and the carbon tax and the, the government tax and the There's flip-flop like tax and the COVID-19 COVID tax. It's like, man, I was watching a YouTube video the other day of a family <clears> that <throat> homesteads and they've got these like solar panels and these new batteries and they've got enough power to run their fridge and freezer, all their kitchen stuff. They got light bulbs. They got internet in one room, you know, and other than that. They got natural lighting and lamps. It's like, man, that sounds like oil lamps. Uh no, they got like candle, like candles with like glasses on them and mm. stuff. And they got uh, a shower, hot water shower. You just have to fill up the hot water tank with hot water that you put against the stove. Which for us, we have the stove going all the time, so you could have a hot water 
tank right on your stove. Lots of people do it. Their stove is a wood-fired cook stove. Hmm. Someone like, was just selling one of those in the mine cell. I just think, you know, you've got it tattooed on your arm. Simple is better. There's just something so appealing about having, you know, it feels so easy to be able to flip a switch. and But it's not. Like, it's a trade-off. It means you have to have a full-time job so you can pay for the ability to flick a switch. Yeah, that's true. I would much rather not do that. Yeah. Like one of the, the guy I work with, they live near town, but they're off grid. Like Pam and Roland live off grid. Yeah. Solar panels, generator, wood stove. They got a beautiful house and they live a good life. I think, wow, man, I'd love that. Maybe he'll just, maybe I'll buy his property. I don't think he's selling it. I was going to say, what? <laughs> is it for sale? <laughs> Everything's for sale for the right price. With our new sponsorship. <laughs> they have a really cool looking house too. They do. I love it's their house. The, is it Cedar Shakes? Cedar Shakes, yeah. The whole house. Is it's a cool house. It's really no, cool. and they got a cool property. I think it's cool like 360 barn. acres. Yeah. Cross fenced. It's great. I love it. Yeah. But, uh, and that, that's kind of an aspiration. Like I look at that and I think that's such a cool, and uh, it's taken them time to get that. Yeah. But I think with a good goal and a good mindset, I think we can head that way. And, and, it, and there's other things you can do. So I'm finding, too, that can help you work toward being more self-sustaining. Like, even for us, we bought meat off of our friends who raise their own beefs. Beeves. 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 <laughs> and it's like, so we're not raising the cows no 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 and because we we just aren't in the position to do that right now but we're spending our money on locally raised cow yeah meat. and that's the whole idea of community right like you're part of a community and then we have someone else who's given us some of their beef and it's like you just have to have a good uh a good skill so you can trade or just like put the effort into finding someone like that Mm -hmm. we have other friends who have cows and like we're gonna be buying some beef jerky off of them for a giveaway. Like it. That's right. It's cool. Giveaway. So follow our Facebook page if you're listening, because we're gonna do a great giveaway probably in the next month. Yeah. Yeah. So no, it's uh. If you look hard enough, you can find the right people to start. Even if you're living in a city, you can't have the animals or whatever yourself. You can start making some conscious choices to support that. I think it's yeah. Like I think. Yeah, it's more of a mindset than it is a reality of like we're geographic reality. Yeah. Like you could live in a city, you could live in an apartment. Mm-hmm. And I, I bug people with this all the time. Like you don't have to, if you live in a city, you're still, we, in Canada, we don't have these enormous cities. You're still close to a, a farmer's market. And yeah. My brother Jacob was really good at that. Like when they lived in Edmonton. And Toronto. We went to the farmer's market. Toronto, same thing. Like, yeah. you're not far from people who do this. Yeah. And you don't have to do it yourself, per se. When we were in Abbotsford, we went to Wong's and got all of our produce. It was like a huge box yeah. of produce for 20 bucks. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. It's, it's a mindset. It's like shifting the mindset to like, yeah, Uber Eats is convenient, but is it sustainable? Probably not. Probably not as sustainable as, you know. Or going healthy. To, or like. Going to a farmer's market, you know. Or like. Not I and I'm not turning into one of these like ethical persons. Like <laughs> I have no ethics. Just no, in no, case no. You, you know, <laughs> I'm not like a PETA activist or like a vegetarian or whatever. Like that's I'm not saying that's what I'm turning into or whatever. But when you think about it, 
I don't know, our friends, they put a lot of love and effort into raising their cows and they're raised well. I know where they are. Like I know what they eat. I know how they're treated. I know how they're slaughtered. And there's something to be said for that. Oh, for sure. And then there's been like very once in a while in the last year or two that we've had to buy meat you feel bad just pick up meat from the grocery store to make something quick for dinner it doesn't feel good and not only does it not feel good but it doesn't taste good no like we bought some ground beef like just a little packet of ground beef to make tacos or something one night and the beef was so greasy and gross and it's like oh man this does not taste anything like the locally raised beef we've had you want to know why Vancouver man, those politicians. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's the government. Putting grease in our beef. No, but I, I don't even know. Like, yeah, it's. I think it's more mental than it even is physical. And it, I don't know. A lot of people, their big thing against that sort of purchasing or whatever before was like, oh, it's way more expensive to eat healthy and to eat, you know, like that. But I haven't found that to be the case. I think it is, here's what I'm going to say, and then we've got to wrap up. I think it is if you don't want to have the community relationship. It's more expensive? It's more expensive. So, like, what you're paying for is that you don't have to know anybody. I I believe that. I think the idea of, like, what we're becoming more in tune with and more in love with is the idea that, like, we don't want to pay a premium. Because it is. if, If you don't, like... Yeah, I'm just saying, you're paying, you're paying for the relationship. So like, I don't notice the the added cost. Maybe like a couple dollars, you know, from Walmart to buying it from the farmer, you know, but it doesn't feel like any extra money because I know them. Yeah. So it's like I'm I know where my money's going too. Like it's not only do I know the cattle, it's not that I don't I know the people. Yeah. And so, like, what you're paying for, or I rather like, what the discount you get is a discount in relationship. Like, you're you can buy meat cheaper at a store, sure, but you don't know the people that I know. Like, you don't get to go see those cows. Like, I'll pay the extra seventy cents a pound. I don't even think it's that much. So, <laughs> the extra seven cents, a pound, whatever it is, I'm not good with numbers. Okay, <laughs> a dozen cents, because I know them, mm-hmm. and to me, that's worth it. Like, because you know what, they help me cut firewood. And they help me slaughter my bear, and they help me do this, and like the cost all comes they out in the wash. They help butcher the bear. That's right, butcher. Remember, hey, we nice. had this talk between slaughter and butcher. Nice, good job. There you go, but Raven. I, <laughs> I think that's the, that's the thing. Like, there's a trade off, and if you want to save some money, you're also going to lose in relationship, and that's the whole homesteading journey. I think we're on is I think it's more the people than anything that's mm-hmm. attractive to it for you, anyways. For me, it's the the coolness factor. The Jeremiah You're just excited that I'm like shifting my mind closer to yours. Well, everybody, I hope you're okay with the changes that we're about to make. But uh, hey, be a homesteader wherever you are. Thanks for right? listening. Thanks for listening. Bye.